me. Happy are the people you choose and invite to stay in your court. We are filled with good things in your house, your holy temple. Is it in your Bible? Yeah. Happy are the people you choose and invite to stay in your court. We are filled with good things in your house, your holy temple. May you be happy in the name of Jesus. May the Lord choose you to and invite you to stay in his court in the name of Jesus. And may he fill you with good things in his house and in his holy temple. Amen. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Now, in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, and I'm New King James Version, Bible says that we should examine ourselves as to whether we are in the faith. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It says, examine yourself as, if, as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you know yourselves that Jesus is in you? Unless, indeed, you are disqualified. This morning, I'm going to test us. I'm going to test us to find out whether we're in a particular area of our faith. And I'm not just speaking to those who are seated in this auditorium. I'm speaking to those who are listening to me online. And indeed, I am speaking to myself. I'm going to test myself. I'm going to test you whether you're still in the faith. I have the privilege of God to bring you the word I have chosen to speak on. And the subject is titled Chosen. Chosen. No pun intended. And in John 15, 16, New King James, NIV, it says, let me read. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last and not, and so that whatsoever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. And those of you who were with us on the Monday morning prayer group, uh, which we hold every Monday at 6 p.m., you probably have an inkling of where I stand. We started this journey on Sunday, on Monday. Uh, I'm going to take it some way today, and hopefully, by the grace of God, I will conclude it on Wednesday at the midweek service. Mm. You did not choose me. How many of us know that we are chosen of God. How many of us can boast that we are the chosen one of God? Because it says to us in First Peter second, First uh, Peter two nine, it says, "You and I were a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness." And into what? His marvelous light. How many of us would like to reside in darkness? As a child of God, light is your way. And may you continue to walk in light in the name of Jesus. May I continue to walk in light in the name of Jesus. Like I said, I'm going to challenge your faith in a particular area. In Ephesians 1 verse 4, he says, According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy 
and without blame before him in love. Now, what I'm going to establish is that you are a chosen one of God. And many of us know that uh, a song by our sister Sinaj, and we are a chosen generation, and so on and so forth. Have we, have we paused to examine the words? What does it mean to be chosen by God? What does it mean to be chosen by God? And may the Lord open our eyes that we'll see today in the scriptures. Now, to choose means to select. To choose means to what? Select. And when you are selecting, what does that connote? It means that there are options. So, if God is choosing you, if God is selecting you, that means that he has options. Start from there. Many of us think that we are doing God a favor. So many of us debate when it comes to the things of God. Many of us, when things are not going our way, we keep malice with God. Let me tell you, you need God more than he needs you. People of God, you need God more than what? He needs you. It says that there are 6 billion people on the surface of the earth and you happen to be just one in what? 6 billion. You're worshipping God doesn't move God. And your non-worshipping God doesn't move God. I don't know. Somebody is going to say that's blasphemy. What I'm saying to you is that it is better that you are worshipping God than not worshipping him. He said, who is man? He is like vapor. One minute he's here, the next minute is what? Gone. He said, who is man? He said, he is like grass. Over the last few months, somehow or the other, by one reason, and I think I mentioned that when I was preaching the last time, people around me have passed. And people, some very close to me. In fact, one, I literally saw go because when I arrived, they were practice, they were um, executing CPR. Is that what it's called? You know, when they put the machine on the chest and they're trying to revive the heart. I was there. One minute the person was here, and the next minute the person said, I am tired, and left. Has that changed God? Has it changed God? Presidents have died, and God hasn't changed. Princes have died, and God hasn't changed. Queens have died. Celebrities have died, and God hasn't changed. He still what? God. We talked about that two weeks ago. Nothing moves him. Earthquakes have come. He's still God. Pandemics have God. Come. He's still God. 500,000 plus people have died in America. He's still what? God. Get off your high horse. Get off your high horse. You need God more than he does what? Needs you. In, 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 in first Kings, uh, 19 verses 14 to 18 and I'm not going to read that 
a lot of us know about that scripture where the man of God, Elijah said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because of the children of Israel, because the children of Israel have forsaken the covenant, turned down the altars and killed. He says what? I alone, I am left. And they seek my life. Me, the only one that is left for you, they seek my life. Give me verse 18, I think. <laughs> is that right? Verse 18. He said, yet, yet what? I have reserved how many? One thousand? Two. Seven thousand. Hello? Read the news. Breaking news. For everything that God has called you to, there are 7,000 more people that God can use. There are 7,000 more people that God can use. Today, I said, I'm going to challenge your call. I'm going to challenge where you are with God. All right. Let's go forward. So it's very important that you are chosen by God. It is a privilege. It is a privilege that you are chosen by God. If you have been given an assignment of God to do, it is a privilege. He can replace you like that. Somebody says, ah, if I don't come to church, the church will not happen. That's not true. If I don't worship, in, if I don't operate in that department, that department will not fall. That department will fall. That's not true. When God is ready to change you, he will change you. May that not be your portion in the name of Jesus. So I'm going forward here. He says, it's important that we are chosen by God. Now, understand one thing. There's a pre-selection process for being chosen. There's a pre-selection process. You know when you go for an interview, there are levels of interview. The first, you say, do what? Maybe do have uh, a written test, then they shortlist, and then they take those ones who will meet with the management or the MD. Sometimes they shortlist to three. Then out of the three, they are just going to pick one. Am I right? Right. Okay. So, there's, it's the same with the kingdom of God. There's a pre-selection process before you are chosen by God. And you find that in Matthew 22, verse 14. Matthew 22, verse 14. If multimedia can say, read with me. It says, for read with me, please read me so that it's you are sure that it's in your Bible. It says, One, two, three, go. For many are called, but few are chosen. Let's read it again. For many are called, but few are chosen. Now, the implication of this scripture clearly shows that for you to be chosen, you must first be called. If I'm going by this scripture, logic, English, I'm not talking theology, by the logic of English, it says. Many are called, but few are what? Chosen. Mm. So let me quickly share with you, according to the scriptures, some two benefits of being called by God. And you can find one in Luke 9 verse 1. It says, then he called his disciples together and gave them power and authority over all the devils and to cure diseases. So it means that if you are called of God, you have the power and authority over devils and diseases. Ah, it's only these people that heard me. They didn't hear you here. They didn't hear me well. Let me repeat that. If you are called of God, one of the benefits of being called of God is that he gives you what? Power. 
He gives you what? Authority. Stop running from pillar to post. Stop running from mountain to mountain. Stop looking for handkerchiefs all over the place. Stop drinking anointing oil. Everywhere there's a program you are running there. You are running. Now I'm not saying don't learn about God. But you should understand why you are there. Because there are people who will deceive you. You read all kinds of things that they say pastors are doing nowadays. Why? Because people are gullible. And they are not thinking. If you read your Bible, the answer is already in your Bible. Hallelujah. I thank God for grace assembly because we preach the truth here and we continue to preach the truth here. Nobody is going to tell you what is out of line to do here. We don't do that here. Hallelujah. So, it says that's one of the benefits. Let me show you another benefit. It's found in, in, in Romans 8, 28. 28, 31. Romans 8, 28, 31. And he said, let me just read the first part of that. And he said, and we know. And we know that what? All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according. Guess what this scripture says? Even when you make a mistake, if you are called according to the purpose of God, it will recalibrate for your sake. Let me give you an example. How many of you have Google Map on your phone? When you take a wrong turn, what happens with Google Map? Does it say to you, sorry brother, I can't go anymore? It will reroute. It will reroute. That's how God works. When you make a mistake, God reroutes you. You know why? Because he foreknew you. And he has your thought in mind. He says, a righteous man will fall how many times? And what will happen to him? He will stay down. He will rise again. Don't let anybody fool you. Don't let anybody fool you. You know, God is so loving. That's why I asked them to sing that, that song to start it. It moves me. Sometimes to tears. How? 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 Can you, every time you, you, you recalibrate me. I'm not saying we should abide in sin. But whenever I make a mistake, whenever I take a wrong turn, God, the almighty GPS, always reroutes me. Hallelujah. Are we still here? Are we still here? So it is important that you are called by God. And all of us have been called by God. And this is where I'm going today. I'm challenging your calling. And you see, we're going to end there. I am challenging your calling. Are you called of God? Are you walking in the call that God has given to you? You have established that you, have, you, you, you can be chosen. But before you are chosen, you have to be called. And I've shown you the benefits of being called. But if you are not walking according to your call, I start to announce that some of these benefits 
may not be yours. It is essential that you are walking in your call. Have you been called? Yes. Have I been called? Yes. There is a call upon your life. There is a call upon my life. It is not only Pastor Femi Paul that has a calling upon his life. Every one of us here we have a calling upon our lives. Some of us may have the privilege of standing before you and preaching in words. Some of you, your strength may be in administration. Some of you, your strength may be in music. Like this fantastic man that is sitting here. You know, I see you in great places. I see you in international places. I see you, I see you rank, you know, I see you featuring on the same billboard as the likes of Dom Wen. Because I've watched you and you've honed your skill over time. You've honed your skill. You've honed your skill. You keep up. You know, excellence is something that you do consistently. It's not something that you do part-time. Excellence is something that you do consistently. And he's done that consistently. I'm sure it can't be easy for him to come to church every time. Do you know, some of us, we don't come to church sometimes and we feel nobody misses us. But if this man doesn't come to church, we'll miss him. You know why? Because he's playing a role. He, he, he is in the place of his calling. Are you in the place of your calling? Or are you busy looking for the faults with the church? Are you busy looking for the faults with the body of Christ? Such that you have now left your place of calling. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. Ephesians 2 verse 10, and I'm talking from the New Living Translation. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. That means, do you craft a masterpiece carelessly? Is a masterpiece an accidental thing? You carefully plan. You carefully design. It says that you are God's masterpiece. So this morning, I challenge you, Grace Assembly, if you have been called, what is the quality of your calling? What is the quality of your calling? Because in, in, in 2 Timothy 2.20, my Bible tells me that there is a great house and they are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and claim. Some for what? Honor and some for dishonor. Choose your own. TYC, take your choice. If you are walking according to your calling, then you are of gold. You are of silver in this great house of the Lord. But if you are not walking according to your calling, I'm sorry to say that you are wood and you are of clay. Which one is more precious? Answer me, please. 
Which one is more precious? Gold and silver. Who wants to be clay or wood here? Because you know what? The difference between clay and wood and silver and gold is that silver and gold are refined. And for you to be refined, you must pass through fire. And that's where some of us as Christians, we lose it. We don't want to go through fire. We don't want to go through challenges. He says, there shall be days of trouble. I didn't say there will not be. But what will I do? I will be with you. Only a few people are clapping. So I have a word or I have a phrase for you this morning. And if you heard nothing in this sermon, take that phrase away. And that phrase is upgrade your calling. Upgrade your calling. How many of us are using Nokia? Eh, no, what's that? No, no. Eh, okay. How many of us are using Nokia 3310 pure water? If you have a 3310 in this truck, please lift up. Let me see you. What? Old school. Old school. Nobody has a 3310. Yeah. But how many of us have Apple 7? Apple 8? Apple 9? Come on, I see it in your hand. Don't. Okay, how many of us have one of the latest Samsungs? Okay, I see a hand there, yeah. Huh? How, okay, how many of us came to church this morning with our grandfather's Agbada? Why? You upgraded. I like your outfits. Why? You've gone to the best tailor in town. Look at you. You're looking very good. Why didn't you bring your father's uh, outfit? Didn't you know where it is? He probably gave you some. Is your dad still alive? But he gave you some things before he left. Why are you not wearing it? How many of us came to church this morning in a beetle? Okay, stop that. How many of us came in a 504? Nah, why? You upgraded. We are upgraded. So you upgrade your phone. You upgrade your business. You upgrade your ideas. Some of us even upgrade our friends. We say we don't want this kind of friends again. These ones are pulling us back. You, you, what else do you upgrade? Your, your tie. Are you talking to me? <laughs> you upgrade everything but your calling. Everything is okay for upgrading but your what? Calling. Now let me tell you something about upgrading. When you upgrade an app, the truth of the matter is that they take money from you. Right or wrong. You may not know it, but it's removed from somewhere. Anytime you upgrade, it is an investment. And when you make an investment, you must sacrifice something. Some money must leave you. So in upgrading your calling, you have to make a purposeful investment. You are, it must cost you something. Some of us travel across the bridge. 
and I mean no disrespect, to come to church here. So perhaps sometimes it takes longer than some of you who live around here. Why? This is where God has planted us. It costs us more. Sometimes when people are at home, some of us are still in traffic, especially when the bridge was locked. We're in traffic two, three hours. But guess what? This is where God has planted us. So we will invest our time. We will invest our money. We will invest our resources. When people talk about tithes or tithing, I've said it here before. It's not, for me, I don't even hear the argument of whether it's Melchizedek or something. I know that there's a need in my father's house. How? So, again, okay, the house of father built in the village. Somebody sent word from me from the village that the roof is bad. And then you are sitting pretty. Can you do that? So what is this argument about tithing? I don't know about Melchizedek. I don't know about... The only thing I know is that there is a need in my father's house and I must meet that need. Those men and mommy that sit there, it's not easy because we face a lot of challenges. Some, a lot of, in fact, not some, a lot that you don't know. But you know what? There is a need in our father's house because the mandate that God has given to us is to raise the hand of the man of God. And that's where we are supposed to be. Guess what? It's irrelevant whether we like it or we don't like it. That is what we have been called to do. How would you see one day everybody is not in church? Man of God comes and he's preaching alone. He's doing everything alone. He's fixing sound alone and all that. Is that possible? So I'm asking you, what is the quality of your calling this morning? Tell your neighbor, upgrade your calling. Upgrade your calling. As you're upgrading your phone, upgrade your calling. Invest. How do you upgrade your calling? By doing more for Christ. By seeking to know him more. There's a continuous thirst and hunger for the things of God. By going deeper and deeper with the walk with him. For, with walking in your walk with Christ. By supplying that which is needed. Use your gifts and your talent. Like I said, not all of us can be preachers. Not all of us may be able to have the voice that they have and they have. But there's a calling on your life. There's something. And I use this to salute everyone that has, that has remained in her or his place of calling in this church. I want to celebrate you. For God, I want to thank you. That you are never tired. In rain, in sunshine. There was a testimony here last week. About a lady. Who was looking for the fruit of the womb. And even when every other person had gone. Maybe even for good reason. She remained with one person. And guess what? That was the day of her visitation. Imagine if she had said. 
I've been asking God. I think the man came here and said they've been looking. How many, how long have they been married? Six years. Is that not in quote and unquote a good reason for her not to do anything? But she still was serving God. She still, you know what happened? When the day of her visitation came, God found her in the place of her calling. The reason that some of us are having challenges is that we, we have moved away from the place of our calling. So when the day of our visitation came, we are no longer, we are not there. They had to return to sender. Addressee, uh, uh, recipient not found. In those days, I don't know about now, post office, when they bring a letter to the house and the person is not there, oh, forget about post office, UPS. DHL, if they don't find the person, what do they do? They return. So perhaps many of us, our gifts, our blessings, our breakthroughs are in some warehouse, stored somewhere. Because the address that it was sent to, we were not there when they came. May we not miss the day of our visitation in the name of Jesus. I'm going to round up very soon. This, are you still with me? If you are with me, please bless the name of the Lord. Isaiah 6, 8 says, Also I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. How many of us will say that? I know by reason of some meetings we are having in the pastorate, there's going to be a call on so many people, some people in church, to take higher responsibilities. It's in the offering. And I'll leave that to the set man of the house to make that announcement. But when the time comes, are you ready to take that call? When the time comes, are you ready to say, here I am. You've been in this church for how many years? And we cannot count your contribution, not to say God counting your contribution. You are not saved for yourself. You are saved to impact the world. No man is saved for himself. You need to be saved so that you can impact the world. Like I said, I celebrate those who have been in their place of calling. It's easy for me, quote and unquote, to stand here. But you know, the teachers that teach these young children who are working, they are out of sight every week. They don't have the privilege of listening to the sermon directly. Perhaps they listen to it on tape, but they do it week in, week out with joy. I want you to help me to celebrate them. I want you to help me to celebrate Grace Corral, who many times they take vigils. It's not convenient. They are married women. They have children. Some of them have to resume work early in the morning on Saturday. But look at them. Every Sunday they are here. Whether it's raining, whether it's shining, sun is shining, they are here. Please help me to celebrate them. Please help me to celebrate those who make the altar beautiful. Can I give you some information? And I think I'm right. No piece of item on this altar is bought by the church. Am I right? The department, they pay for everything.
that you see. And some people say to me, I didn't come to church because you didn't ask for me. May the Lord help us. Amen. Okay. Let me be round. Let me round up. It says, so how available are you to God? Are you too busy for him? Is your Christianity about yourself and your family? Like I said, we are not saved for ourselves, but to impact world. Jesus mandated us to go ye into the world and make disciples of all men and indeed women. And we can do this by our conduct, our service. In Luke 10, 2, it says, Then Jesus said to them, The harvest is great. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Romans 3, 8.30 also talks about moreover whom he predestined this he called. Those he called, whom he called, this he justified and whom he justified, he also glorified. But look at it in the New Living Translation. It says, and having chosen them, and them are you and I. He called them to come to him. Remember we're talking about chosen and we're talking about calling. He called them to come to him. This morning, Jesus is making a fresh call to you. That if you are not in your place of calling, or you have not heard the call, he's calling you this morning. Come to me. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. So if you are called, if you are chosen, and you walk in that call, and in that choice, you, are, you stand to earn the glory of God. May we all bask in the glory of God in the name of Jesus. My last scripture is found in Ephesians 4.1. And I'm going to read first from the New King James Version. The New King James Version said, I therefore, and I'm speaking to you, Grace Assembly, this morning. Every one of you under the sound of my voice. Wherever you are, in any part of the world, I am speaking to you. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to work, to walk, I beg your pardon, worthy of the calling with which you are called. I want to read it in the Amplified AMPC version, then you give me the message version and then I'm done. It says, I therefore the prisoner for the Lord appeal to you and I beg you this morning to walk lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called with behavior that is a credit to the summons of God's service. Try me message. In light of all of this, here's what I want you to do. While I am locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there. Mandate, I'm giving you. I want you to get out there. And do what? Walk. Walk. 
Do what? Walk. But he says, just don't walk. Better yet, do what? Run. Better yet, do what? Run. On the road which God called you to travel. Don't walk on and don't run on another person's road. Don't walk on another person's anointing. Don't walk on another person's instruction. Don't walk on another person's obedience. Run your own race. He says, run on the road that God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. That does means what? Don't be idle. Don't be complacent. Don't be comfortable. If today, as I'm talking, your conscience is not nudging you and asking you, what more can I do for God? I, we need to pray for you. Because even me that I'm preaching to you, I'm asking, what more? What next can I do for you, God? What next can I do for you, God? I have a, an extremely busy schedule, honestly, by reason of the work, the many hats that I wear. One of my responsibilities is to superintend over my profession in the whole of the African continent. So sometimes on a day, I can be talking to 10 African countries. And then also representing Africa on the international scheme. Sometimes I'm in three, four conferences a day. But that's not an excuse for me. It has never been and it will never be. When I'm called to do something here, it's priority for me. If I have to break the bank, I've got to do it. I traveled and I came back late last night, last yesterday evening. I was dog tired. You know when you say dog tired? Uh, Theodora was calling me and I was saying to her, look, you, you know, just give me a little breathing. But guess what? I have to be here today. Because why? I'm a pillar in the house. A pillar doesn't move. A pillar doesn't change location. A pillar is a permanent structure. And I must celebrate you, my sister, Sister Tega Orisha Jafo. Completely. Monday prayer group. She's always behind me. Always. You don't know how much. Thank you very much. Thank you. It says, better yet run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any more of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. I expect at the end of this sermon, some people are going to accost me and say, what can I do for God? What is lacking in the house? I've got this resource. I've got this talent. I want to use it for the betterment of the people of God and the assembly of God. I expect that many of us will offer our departmental head. We will do more. I expect that at the end of this sermon, you don't have to chase us. Only last week, 
pastor celebrated one of us, Dickness Tinogunari, working tirelessly with those who are looking for the fruit of the womb. She's never preached, but you guess what? The work that she's doing has as much glory as the work that those of us who are preaching. Please help me to celebrate her also. Don't just sit on your hands. It's time for you to challenge yourself. It's time for you to add value to the kingdom of God. It's time for you to leave complacency behind and to step in. Don't stroll down a road that is not going anywhere. Take a road that is going somewhere. I believe that by the grace and mercy of God, none of us will miss our calling in the name of Jesus. I welcome you to the new era of purposeful calling in Grace Assembly. With that, I just want you to stand and do me a favor. Just take one prayer point. Pray that, Lord, I will not miss my calling. If I'm already walking in it, I want to upgrade my calling. Whatever you, can, you are doing for God, you have the capacity to do even more. There are some people, their dream is to be kingdom financiers. They have said that if you give me this money, I will use it to attack the kingdom of darkness. Pray that Lord, equip me for the vision that I have for your kingdom in the name of Jesus. Some of us we want to print tracts to give to people. Some of us, we want to go to prison ministry. We are trying to bring back the, 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 the prison ministry. We haven't been there in a while because of the COVID. How many of us are ready to go? Who is saying, here I am, send me. The resources that we take to the prison ministry, the old people's home, the, 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 uh, the, the motherless baby's home. Some people give it to us. Say to God, I am ready. I want you to say to God, I am ready. I am ready. I am ready. Call me. Use me. Here I am. I am ready. He says, who shall we send? He said, here I am. Who shall we send? Who will go for us? And said, here I am. Send me. I want you to say that to yourself today. I'm not there. I don't know what your covenant with God is. But say, Lord, I'm answering this call this morning. I'm going to do more for you. I'm ready to do more for you. I'm going to go to a higher level. And I join my faith with yours. That as you pray and as you purpose in your heart, so shall it be for you in the name of Jesus. And over and above all, for everybody who has purposed this morning to walk with God according to the call, according to their purpose, every benefit that is yours, you will receive today in the name of Jesus. And it will be well with you all the days of your life. I pray for you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Go forth and shine, people of God.